Everyone here? Everyone's here. Yep. Rob? <laughs> I'm here. Oh, fucking say something. I can't see you, dick. <laughs> I turned my camera back on. It's it. called radio, Rob. I had my camera on. Radio. Yeah. Nodding is not going to work. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast with Michelle Riley, Mike Cross, and Brendan O'Neill. Sit down and enjoy a pint. All right, we're back. Uh, this one goes to eleven. It goes to eleven. This week we have Mike Cross, we have Michelle Riley, and we have a very surly Rob Nash. Oh, bonsoir. Oh, hmm. The way I like him. Good evening. <laughs> it's one of my favorite Robs. French Rob. Mm. <laughs> I like I like Bob. Bob from Elmwood Park. All right, big news today: Prince, the Purple Behemoth. That's what I'm calling him these days. Uh, Prince died. Oh. Thoughts. I'm so sad. I'm so sad. No, you're not. I am. I'm devastated. He's a he's a genius. Absolute genius. I thought it was funny that multiple commentators, commentators, commenters uh, on on TV um, kept using the term "he transitioned." Transitioned to what? A a higher plane, a a new state. I don't know, but they they did not they did not declare him dead or that he had passed on. I thought you meant he transitioned like uh, Caitlyn Jenner. No, although you know. There would be no Caitlyn Jenner without a prince, but um, uh, I, I, I thought it was an interesting term that a lot of people used. That that is an interesting, and, and I think some of that had to do with his theory that uh, maybe that's a sign of respect to Jehovah's Witnesses. I don't know any Jehovah's Witnesses <laughs> to know well. I, yeah, don't you just slam the door in their fucking faces? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like everybody else. Um, Close the blinds and pretend you're not home. I mean, if Prince came to the door to talk to me about... Well, apparently he did He did, did he? Wow. Yeah. I missed out what? on that. He went to a Jewish home on Yom Kippur and tried to convince them. Hmm. Yeah. Good luck with That's that. I'm sure it worked out well. You know, I, I think uh, for our generation, I think, and you know, uh, there was someone who posted today, hey, if anyone who's over like 30 to 32... Uh, we grew up with Prince, and I'm like, well, no, you didn't. We did, right? <laughs> if you're over, like, 42, you definitely grew up with Prince. Um, and it did kind of change the way music was looked at, I think, in a way. I mean, he was kind of our, he was the Bowie of our generation, where Bowie really didn't belong to us. Bowie belonged to, I think, 
people who were born pre nineteen sixty two or three, right? Um, so yeah, it was you know, it, and when Shelly said that she was sad today about it, I was too. And I came home today and I said, "Yeah, I said, you know, I'm really sad about uh, this whole Prince thing." And I think it's not like being dramatically overtaken by this, you know, the death of a legend, but it's more about here we go. This is our generation starting to, you know, we're going to have these every year now or every six months or every couple of years, whatever the time frames may be, but it's going to be more and more of them. Um, well, I mean, Prince well, yeah, is young. And get certain- ready, Billy Joel. Oh, <laughs> fuck that guy. Fucking A. Don't even. God. Don't even say his name. It gets my Irish out. But, I mean, I think it's interesting that you compared him to Bowie. I mean, at face value, I would never have thought of that. But in a lot of ways, yeah, I suppose. I mean, he certainly... Androgyny, different types of music, experimentation. I mean, he really was... Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, he certainly was a singular artist in terms of his vision and his expression. and... And his name. And he had the chops, too, right? I mean, the guy was an amazing man. You know, well, amazing musician beyond just uh, a, an exciting performer. He was just an I, amazing musician. I think that component of it, the, that aspect of Prince, will sort of be borne out by history. Where I don't know until you saw the you know Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with My Guitar Gently Weeps or some of the other performances, halftime and Super Bowl actually. And, and interesting, the press conference leading up to the Super Bowl was actually another great performance. But yeah. I remember he, that. I think he will go down. Um, he'll be increasingly appreciated for his musical abilities, which, for some reason, even though you know he was credited with something like twenty-seven instrument credits on his first couple of albums, I mean, he yeah. played everything. Um, people always kind of thought of him as a showman and you know, sort of a larger-than-life character. But he was a damn good musician. Well, and he wrote amazing songs. I mean, that's and prolific. I mean, the guy's got apparently a vault full of music that was never released. It'll be interesting to see what's hap- what will happen now that he's dead. <laughs> well, he's, I mean, sold sold a hundred million albums. And I, I, I think he recorded thirty. Is it thirty nine? I, I think yeah, it was thirty two or yeah, something like that. Yeah, a lot of records. I don't ha- I don't have all of them. That's for sure. But I have a lot of them. And at uh, one point, he did eight albums in six years. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow, really? And all of that, to Michelle's uh, comment, um, while he, you know, that weird, what was it, 10 or 8 year sort of right, where he couldn't release in the music. desert, where he was limiting his production because of his, his, his fight with uh, Warner Brothers. So it was a, you know, who knows what could have happened. And that really was in the prime because he hit it big. Right. And then late 80s, he signed that contract with Warner Brothers and that's, or I'm sorry, in the mid-90s is when he signed that contract. And, you know, that's when he stopped using his name and refused to put the output and kind of all that dead period. And he came back He came back different. That was the other thing. I mean, that's, that's where... Well, I think he had a personal change, too. He became a Jehovah's Witness and all that. But, yes, he definitely came back different. But, I mean, I think, I think part of the... I mean, he had kind of a saucy and salacious persona, right? Because he was so sexually charged. And saucy. a lot of the pop songs. And so I think, to Rob's point, that's how a lot of the like technical prowess probably was obscured by some of that. I saw a quote on Facebook today. I did not, I can't take credit for it, but um, apparently 
if it's true, they said uh, when Eric Clapton was asked what it felt like to be the greatest living guitar player, he said, I don't know, why don't you ask Prince? <laughs> yes, he, and he did say that. Uh, he did so that's say a that. pretty, pretty amazing uh, testimony to his. He was an amazing artist, absolutely amazing. So. And I mean, I think the other thing that was unique about him um, is if you did a family tree, you know, okay. of, of artists that he launched and artists that he touched and and sort of made stars, um, you know, independent. <laughs> and then you know he played guitar uncredited and he helped write uh or not write but he uh he played guitar in some madonna songs i mean he was just sort of he had his fingers in so many different uh pies if if that's literally yeah literally um male and female allegedly um but you know just he just, you know, she and E, and he just launched all these other people that just because they were close to him and nearer to him, um, you know, he he was able to elevate them. Yeah, he's an amazing artist, I, and it's sad because he was young, and as far as anyone knew, he was fine. I mean, who knows? I read a report yeah, that it was a drug overdose, and then yeah, over, was overdose. that So who knows? It'll, it'll is, that, is that the latest? We're speaking, you know, at ten o'clock central. Was that? Is that what the report? That's in the last couple of hours. TMZ apparently is reporting, and it's been, uh, it's been also mentioned by other sources that that stop in Moline last week right was a drug overdose. Was a drug overdose, oh. and they gave him the. Uh, they had to give him the shot. You know, the uh, the Pulp Fiction. Put the dot on the chest and slam it in. Mm. So, so not, he just didn't—he didn't need uh, a sprite and some combos. <laughs> yeah, see, give me those combos. Uh, Rap dash hangover cure all. Yeah, yeah. and combos. When I'm a millionaire, according to Michelle, I will stop the plane and give me some combos and go to a Seven Eleven. Well, I'll send, I'll send someone to get it. To, of course, when you're a billionaire. Yeah. Orange Gatorade and some jerky. Yeah, that'll that'll do it too. <laughs> um, Michelle, I know what yours is: quarter pounder with cheese. Not or used before. to be. Fucking yeah. vegan now. Oh. I know that's a nightmare. God I'm love you. Vegan. Huh? God love you for that. I know. I'll, t- I'll tell you what: I'll pick up my meat consumption for you. Oh God! Wow. Hey, I'm trying to help out. I'm being a being a team player, O'Neill. Everyone's got to do their their part. That's well, right. so so I mean, the ine- the inevitable is the um, tribute show. Yes. Oh, I bet that show is going to be terrible too. Who's so going to be? The, it, who are going to be the like, key players? Do you? Th- well, hold on, Mike. But let's do venue first. So, is it like a blowout, or is it like at um, First Avenue Club or something? It's got to be at First Avenue, right? Oh, that's not going to happen. I don't even think First Avenue is there anymore, is it? Are you kidding? Yeah, it's still there. And in, in, uh, the, you, what you need to do is, is find Bob Mould's um, post today on Facebook about oh, yeah. Prince's death. Because he's playing at First Avenue like next week. Yeah. yeah. I think they're having a dance party for Prince tonight at First Avenue. So, it, it, no, First Avenue is still... Um, Still very active, still very real. And there's, if you go to Bob Mold's uh, Facebook page and like the page, you can see, and it's not too lengthy, but um, 
Is it is it really loud? And do I need a hearing? Like- <laughs> yeah, you probably need earplugs just to read it. I'm more of a uh, mats kind of gal, so uh. I know Michelle. We've been down this path so many times <laughs> with the mats and Bob Mold. Um, so, and I love both, but you know, hey, I'm just a Minnesota kind of guy. <laughs> a snow uh, hoosier. You're a, a snow hoosier. <laughs> So he says, the last part of his post is, I'm two blocks from First Avenue as I write these words. Friday and Saturday nights, I will walk that same stage we all know from the movie. The exterior walls of First Avenue are covered with stars to honor the musicians who made an impact on music fans in Minnesota. Make no mistake, Prince was the brightest star in these northern skies. Mm. So, See, Minnesota people. Well, Bob Mould's... uh, He's very refined, unlike the Mats, who are just a bunch of douches. <laughs> <laughs> who I love anyway. I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah, there, there's no way you can. I'm Googling all these names you guys are saying because I don't know <laughs> what any of them are. Well, the Mats are, the, are a shortened, uh, shortened from the replacements. But they are known in the inner circle, which you are obviously out of as the man. <laughs> yeah. Inner circle. Oh, I'm out of the outer circle. <laughs> you're not even – you're not – you're actually in a square somewhere a couple of miles away. <laughs> oh, I'm square. Alpha- alphabetically, it comes slightly before the far side. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, can you give us a little bit of that? <laughs> no. Uh-huh. I, I can spell far side, but I cannot, I cannot rap any far side for you. Uh, I love it. That's my favorite. <laughs> actually, did I say before? I guess it should have been right after. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, other other than to be sad about Prince, because I do think the the star-studded show will be sort of amazing. Um, it's going to be sort of like, uh, you know, George Harrison was an amazing talent and everything, but when you saw Prince come in and play something like that, you're like, wow. I, you know, who are they going to bring in to um, top the honored guest in that situation? It's going to be it's going to be pretty hard to do yeah. that. I will give you. I will give you one, and, and and it almost makes me vomit a little bit just saying this. Oh, yeah. This this is really painful, and I almost hate to do this one on, on recorded history, but um, <laughs> yeah, no one's gonna listen to this. No. You're right. No, but somebody will just fucking cut this out and play it just to burn my ass at some point. Oh, there we go. Uh, Adam Levine oh, did God. did one of the best versions of Purple Rain I think I've ever heard in my life. Of what? Of Purple Rain. Oh, a purple rain. Search, search, uh, Adam Levine, Howard Stern's 60th birthday, purple rain. Oh my gosh. And I'll tell you who did it, a great version of purple rain. Prince. Is Evan Christian at my sister's wedding. Yeah. He did, he did, he did. Um, shout out to Milwaukee artist Evan Christian. Yeah, if you don't know Evan Christian, look him up. He's great. Um, I bet he's playing Prince right now. He probably plays probably, on Thursday nights. He's probably singing, belting it out, right? I I would say, you know, the XRT had some uh, tributes today, and this is not um, unknown, but Chris Cornell's uh, Nothing Compares to You is pretty good, too. Very good. We could, we, let's run through a good a couple of covers. REM's, uh, or REM with Warren Zevon's Raspberry Yeah, they did the Raspberry Beret. Yeah, I remember that one. I wasn't a fan. Really? Yeah, it didn't move me. I thought it was a lark. I, I I agree with Mike. I mean, I nobody loved REM more than more me. More than me, and, either, right? 
Yeah. And, um, no, I certainly love me. Warren Zevon a lot too, and I love Prince. But yeah, I wasn't I wasn't moved either by that cover. Hey, hey Brendan, Brendan, didn't uh, third base do a little red Corvette? <laughs> yes, third base. Listen, I'm staying out of this. I don't know. I have nothing to say. Dude, third base killed it there in the late '80s. Those guys were crazy. Bob, Bob goes the weasel. The weasel um, pop. The weasel goes pop. Uh, <laughs> I will say though, Shelly, not to not to shift gears too much away from the purple one. Um, Michael Stipe's uh, uh, Bowie tribute. Yes. I, yeah, I, I you know, a lot of people were a little creeped out by it. Well, yeah, because Michael Stipe has completely gone off the rails in terms. I mean, he looks like a fucking hobo. Well, it's a good look. He looks like a guy who needs a shower. <laughs> Do you realize that you are forty-six years old and he just used the word hobo? <laughs> he looks like a hobo. hobo well, all, it, I, all I need is a half a broomstick <laughs> and a bandana. <laughs> he looks like a goddamn hobo. And he has that. And he has that. Where's my tin of spam? <laughs> He's not an attractive. He's not a real car. See, it's heading west. It's heading. <laughs> He's not the most attractive guy to begin with, and now we've got him with a bone in his nose and a fucking Rip Van Winkle beard. Yeah, well, thinking. I mean, at least trim the beard. He kind like, of looked look like. More. I thought. I thought he kind of looked like a Civil War reenactor. Oh, yeah, did a little bit. Yeah, we needed to get a blue hat on him or something. <laughs> he might yeah, be time Photoshop. I think we need to do a Southern motif because of Atlanta. But um, yeah, he he definitely looked like he was ready to hold the line. Yeah, he, yeah, I I'm gonna agree with you on that. But I will say that the the actual if you if you were to like turn away from the TV and just listen. It, it was it was worth the time because I thought his version of the man who sold the world was well better than Nirvana's. Wow! I, See, that's I saw thing. Billy Corgan and Smashing Pumpkins last week, and they did a version. He did a version of Space Oddity that was superb, superb. I can see that going down well. Oh, we got a Billy Corgan hater in the house. <laughs> I can feel it through the Skype. Uh, I mean, Billy Corgan's most noted uh, achievements are covering uh, Fleetwood Mac and apparently... Uh, oh, I, come on now. Uh, that, come that's on. that's really so ridiculous. ridiculous. Now, I'm going to be honest with really you. I'm, not, I'm not a huge Smashing Pumpkins fan. I mean, I, I, I said this to my sister. I said, you know, when I was in college, Gish was big, and I sort of lost interest after that. But then you have to remember, Siamese Dream was a huge record. And I think one of the reasons I just couldn't listen to it anymore is it was just oversaturated. Every song, there was like 10 hits on that record, and it's all you heard in the early 90s. Of course. I think the fact that you're calling them records should be... Shut it down. Should be dovetailed into my hobo reference. <laughs> that Old might lady. be true. That might be true. Switched <laughs> up the, the phonograph. <laughs> Bust up the old 78. <laughs> I'm never going to stop. Trolla is dandy. Anyhoosies. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a good version. But I wanted to think, you know, Brendan and I were talking earlier based on my um, rant last week about listening to records versus MP3s. Mm -hmm. um, and 
Brendan posed the question, can you separate the artist from the art? And I think that that is an especially poignant uh, question to pose considering Prince, right? Because Prince had such a duplicitous life, right? So his songs were like super highly sexually charged and, you know, he had all this, you know, erratic, you know, stuff around himself. But yet he always talked about how chaste he was, especially since he was a Jehovah's Witness and all that. So can you put this artistry out there in the world and have it be separate from well, your own I guess self? it works. I mean, the the examples I was thinking of, um, for me particularly, uh, is Roman Polanski. Mm. I really like one of his movies. Whoa. What? Let's not group people like that. That's no, you the gist of the question, asshole. That's, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Can you separate the artist from the art? Because I really like some of the art, and the artists are mm, not the best people in the well, world. Well, wait, wait a minute. Let me just, I, I do want to clarify here. The, the sexual innuendo that, that a guy like Prince has or Madonna or – I mean, kiss for that, you know, matter. No, uh, no, different I'm, I'm than, not, that's not the point. We're not, well, but then the different, different from the point of a, a, a proven criminal. I'm not saying they're on the same level. I'm saying he's never yes. been convicted. No, I'm with Brendan. The art and the artist it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. The different. point is, do you have to, do you have to take into consideration the sum total of the human to appreciate his art? Well, I would say when they. When they commit a crime, yes. If they're having innuendo or they, they use innuendo as an artistic tool, sh- okay, fine. Well, it depends on your own personal well, threshold. The, well, the definition of crime doesn't depend on my... It depends but on that, what the crime is and well, what, how you feel about it. Artistic contribution. Hold on. Let me, let me pose it in a different way to... That, that's, I disagree Hold with on. Let, let me just pose yeah. this differently to Rob Nash. Rob Nash, are you are you available? I, I am here. <laughs> Was O.J. Simpson a great running back? Right. Don't. That's all I'm asking is, was he a great running back? Of course, he was a, he was a tremendous athlete. Yes, okay. Which allowed so, him to massive upper body skill and great, you know, talent. He was a slasher. He's quite the slasher. <laughs> separating people's heads from their, from their body. So... <laughs> You can't look at old film of O.J. Simpson and say, wow, he was a great running back. Can you be a fan well, I, of O.J. knowing what he did? Not even no, be no. a fan. I, I can, but I can also – I also look at that you know, gr- you know, bad color uh, film of him in Buffalo and say, wow, I can't believe that guy killed two people later yeah. on. Right, but that doesn't take away from the fact that he was also so, running over people. No, it does. I think it does. Hang on, but, hang on, hang on. Let me back up. Yeah. So the way – I thought about I, I thought about this question I don't know months ago probably because I like uh, a movie called The Ghost Rider and it is a, a recent Pol- Polanski film no one else likes it it's probably just me that likes it but I like it a lot and it's Polanski and Polanski I thought uh, it was accused of, or committed statutory rape right Correct. yes and so I was oh, thinking about yeah. that and do I have a problem with that and I'm not sure and then I was thinking similar questions of uh, a similar question with um, Woody and, and his movies. People love his movies. Woody Allen. And I was thinking also Bill Cosby. Maybe the greatest stand-up ever, some people would say. But he's 
a horrible, horrible person and committed all kinds of crimes potentially. And you can bring that into to sports if you want to do, uh, depending on how far you want to go with it. Uh, the art or the the action of uh, uh, the home run hitter Barry Bonds and what he did or didn't do, um, and how far how 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 you think about that. Well, yeah, or or you know more recently, or OJ, uh, the the adulation for Kobe, or right. or even what right. uh, Shaw did from the Hawks this week, right. So I, I, thinking- do, I do think you need to make a distinction because sports does not equal art, okay? And that's a different uh, thing. That's entirely subjective. So yeah, to that's say very that someone, someone can have empirical com- uh, accomplishments, right? I empirically won the gold medal in this thing, and, that, and that's undisputed. And, no, but so, I'm a total so asshole. So, so to, there's a difference between that. Let me get that. to the back half of my question. So the question is, would I or would it – I'm asking you, would you still pay for that person's product, still put money in that person's pockets, knowing the bad things they've done? Depending on the level, of course. But um, would I keep going to see and, and paying money for Woody Allen movies? Would I keep buying, keep buying tickets for Kobe Bryant, even though he's a rapist? Would I keep whatever it is? Uh, Allegedly. Keep... Alleged. No. I mean, after he paid her off, he wasn't really anywhere. As but, your attorney, is your attorney Brendan? Uh, you never know who might Kobe might be listening. To, I, I was actually thinking about this kind of in the opposite way, B, where I was thinking about how you may or may not find certain works of art uh, to be disgusting, and yet still be able to appreciate what they're about. So. Oh, well, yeah, so, no, Michelle, I, Michelle, I, I agree with you. I, I, I'm thinking of it that sure. way, too. <clears throat> but I'm thinking it of uh, in terms of people who utilize something that's, like, inflammatory, like sexuality or, or you know, gender roles as a way to gain attention for their art versus bad behavior and... What? Now, I don't think people – no, I think you're totally like wrong there. To say that someone uses sexuality as a way to gain attention for their art, that is their expression. It's not a, it's not a tool that people well, use. Okay, yeah, you know, all right, yeah, fair enough. That was, that, that's, that's right. But the point that's being, their expression. Uh, yeah, but so like does, you, you mentioned uh, – It doesn't have to be about sex. It could be about religion, right? There's how, how much art is out there that's offensive to religion. Yeah, but you mentioned so Prince Prince's uh, personal sort of chaste, uh, well, you know, moral code as he grew older. Even though that was sort of a hallmark of his, so was he exploiting that, or was that how he looked at it then? Or for my purposes of this question, that's not extreme enough of an example. I'm thinking of Woody Allen. I'm thinking of OJ. I'm thinking of Cosby. I'm thinking of Polanski. So if you really enjoy the art or the thing they create or the thing they do, the thing you would pay money for. You really enjoy it and would, you want to keep enjoying it for your own personal selfish reasons. Mm. Would you continue to do so knowing the heinous thing that person has done in their personal lives? And does it affect I, the way you uh, think about yeah. that product? I actually, I, I actually can't, I can't go down this road anymore. When, now that we're talking about a product, I can't because well, you, we're talking about. There's still an well, answer. The product, product is a very 
It's, it's, a, different, open, it's a different. No, it's but, a different but but it's very open ended, right? Because because I might look at an athlete on a field of play and and look at that as a very artistic thing that they are doing because there are no. so few people in the world who can do what they do. No, no, no. That's that appreciation. Level. That that can be appreciation. That can be respect. That can be. That's not so, art. Right. I'm talking about. Contributing to the financial success. Yeah, you're talking about person. paying somebody because you think you have an ethical problem with it. That's what you're talking about. The ethics. Yeah. Of. I know what Woody Allen did, did but I love his movies. To, yeah. Would I go see his next one? Yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with the recent uh, situation Lands End found themselves in, where they um, did a whole thing in their catalog about Gloria Steinem, and she'd modeled the clothes, and they talked about her, and then all these fucking parochial schools came back to them and said, we're not going to let you sell us your um, kids' shirts anymore if you don't get that ERA lady out of your thing. They ripped her out of the out of the catalog and they refused and they apologized for putting Gloria Steinem in their catalog and having any association with her. It's disgusting. And so, yes, now that makes me not want to give that company my business anymore because I find that to be stupid. Yeah. Okay. So So that's a choice I'm making with my pocketbook. Sure. That's a bit of a, that's yeah, a but bit that, yeah, exactly. That's a business political thing. Yeah. You feel no such compunction with Woody Allen? That's my, that's my question to the field here. Yeah. I mean, Gloria Steinem getting kicked out of Land's End makes you angry, but... Woody no, 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 it doesn't make me angry. Okay. Maybe yeah, it does. does make me angry, but I can see someone saying, "I don't want to. I don't want to do business with that person, or I don't want to play a concert with Carolina because of X, Y, and Z." Well, if you're going to say that again, uh, the yeah. oh, everybody, get go. Hang on, everyone, slow down for a second. Testing. <laughs> Testing one two. Everyone say something. Here. Rob? Here. Oh, I'm in the shower. Very tumbled. Mm. All right. So let's get back to my question. I want to hear each person's answer here. Let's say you are a big fan of Woody Allen. You know what he's done. He comes out with a movie that's supposed to be his best ever. And you are inclined to go pay for it. What? What would, what would you ultimately do, do you think? Well, I'm I don't know. I feel like... I, I don't know. I haven't thought it through, but I feel like this it's a different scenario when it's a piece of art. Fine. But, I, but I'm talking about this specific incident. What do you think... Uh, how do you think you'd react? Because I'm a bit torn. I think I, I think I would go see the art. Yes, I think I would too. Well, as would I, but I will preface uh, my yes by saying Woody Allen hasn't made a good movie in 15 years. No. <laughs> so fuck him. I and he's, totally agree. But... And, he's such, and he's such a fucking weirdo. And I don't know if he's putting himself in his movies anymore, but he needs to stop because I want to hit him with a bat. Okay, enough of this. Because the neurotic... Dick, douchey, banging some chick who's fifty years younger than him, right. other than his kid, um, just kind of skews me out. 
this is just the easiest, most relatable <laughs> question I could come up with with this guy. Yeah, you had to use Woody Allen. I would have rather you use OJ. Roman Polanski. I mean, it's the same. Roman yeah. Polanski is great. I love most of Roman Polanski. I mean, great from a cinematic perspective, right? Like, I would, I would argue that you know, movies like Rosemary's Baby and The Pianist are some of the greatest cinematic work that we have. Oh, if and Anne Hall's not a masterpiece. Right. Come on. I said in the last fifteen years, Woody Allen had. The you're you're not you're, you're you're using judgment to assign which one you like, which one you don't. It doesn't matter. The point is that Brennan's well, trying they, to ask is that does the uh well my what, abhorrent what, parts of the person right, uh, right. well I, being able to enjoy or appreciate their art. Yep. Right. And my answer is is no. I I would still see it, but my I really wanted to make the broader point that Woody Allen jumped the shark in nineteen. <laughs> Duly noted. Duly noted. Okay. That's low hanging fruit, dude. That's an easy one. And he's a Canada, fucking and her sisters. That was that was that's like thirty years old now. Yeah, that is like thirty years old, and it is a good movie. It's a very. It's good a great movie. movie. And uh, what was the one timely with the divorce? What? Oh God, yeah. I can't remember. Crimes and Crimes and misdemeanors. Oh, that's how about we just how about we just direct everyone to IMDb and they can figure out the plot here. <laughs> anyway, Brendan, my final answer. Final answer. I I find that I would still be interested in the art. You can separate the artist and the art. I can. Yes, I. And I can also continue to appreciate artists whose work I don't like. So if you think about somebody like Maplethorpe, right? Robert Maplethorpe. That's I just remember that because it's, you know, the most controversial, you know, from when I was a kid, the piss Christ, you know, and all that. So people were just up in arms, absolutely bananas, you know, about those works. Yeah. But those were precise that was precisely the effect he was going for, right? Yeah, that was the whole that's, point. That's, that's the man did not break a wall. Yeah, he's but just, that, we're, just talking about, we're talking about separating art from the artist, and do you have to take them together, or can you take them separately? And I think you can take them separately. You can still appreciate an artist whose artwork you find abhorrent, and you can still appreciate the art of a man you find abhorrent, I think. Well, I disagree. I mean, we, we should move on. But I mean, my point Hello? is that um, it's hard. If we set up certain rules that say... I can't hear anything. I know. Everyone... You know, certain... Time out. Everyone is a robot on, at this point. I can't hear anybody. I can't hear anybody either. Ravi's breaking. He's, um... It, it's like his voice is pixelating. Yeah. So is yours, Michelle. Everyone is... Is at this point. All right. Do you want to? Should we all hang up and Brendan, you call us all back? Oh, I don't know if I want to go down that road again. Let's just wait it out. Riding the storm out. All right. Hey, by the way, Michelle, you said everyone went bananas. Bananas was the 1971 vehicle <laughs> for <laughs> a young Woody Allen pre-banging his daughter. Always record. Always record. Always record. Um, Keep going. My point, though. That's when the good I, shit happens. I actually turned off all my Wi-Fi associated uh, non-critical devices, and everybody everybody sounds better right now. Yeah, so um, it was obviously Rob's. 
Tim Cook and the gang device. Oh, I damn Tim, Tim Cook, Cook and the gang. I actually had a dialysis machine on Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Such a ton of ton of bandwidth. Um, the point, though, I would say is like we have laws that put people in prison and prevent them from doing their, you know, doing anything, including their greatest gift to society, which may be digging ditches or building buildings or creating great films. And so when someone gets to somehow evade that and we're like, well, his films are still good. I mean, we could have, we could say that about, you know, any, any other criminal who lost their opportunity to express their potential. So it's, it's hard for me to separate the two. So I, I I make a distinction. Let me make a distinction right there. What's the distinction? There is no distinction. There is. Let me make the distinction. I can understand that you or anyone would not want to contribute to the wealth of someone that they think is a criminal. I can understand that. Where you could say, I'm not going to support, I'm not going to pay money to see that movie. I'm not going to pay money to buy that piece of art. I'm not going to pay money to go to that museum. I'm not going to do that because I don't want to contribute to this criminal's income, for lack of a term. But that doesn't mean that the piece of art still can't stand on its own. Yeah, well, well, I can see that you don't want to support it on a personal level because you're conflicted yeah, but, but, about but the artist. I, but that doesn't make it a bad movie. Doesn't make but, it a bad but, piece of but art. But you're 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 forgetting the fact that, but for the fact that they haven't paid for their crimes, their art would never have made it out into the public realm. This is true. Wait, wait. Like the only reason we don't know how beautiful O.J. Simpson is or what great work. Um, you know, Criminal X could produce Hang is on. because they went to jail for what they did. I mean, Woody Allen would not have this great catalog of films, and Roman Polanski would not be viewed as a redeemed filmmaker if he weren't allowed to make films for the last 40 years. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. I think we're focusing too much on the, the criminal part. Take that out of it. So, one of these artists has done something abhorrent but was not convicted of a crime. <laughs> No, like, like Kobe Bryant. He was accused of rape and was not convicted. Well, neither was OJ. Right. So they have done well, something they, that you believe is abhorrent, or you believe they've done something abhorrent. Would yeah, you still I, support I, their I'm art? I'm telling you, I'm as, plainly, as plainly as I can, I look at Kobe Bryant as a. I can't hear you. Rob's dialysis machine is back on. I know. <laughs> Turn off your iron lung. Ay, ay, ay. Rob, you there? Uh, you know it's either Lombar or Michelle's Wi-Fi. Oh, I'm sure it's, it's one of ours. Yeah, it's all of ours. Uh-uh. All right, we're getting nowhere with this. Um, for technical reasons, I think. Technical difficulties. That said, let's move on. Everybody good with that? Yes, sir. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Uh, let's wrap it up. Let's move on to the game. And now, let's play the How Much Are They Worth game. Let's get it. How I'm down tonight. Uh, the theme for this week is... You Prince. guessed it, Prince. 
Yes. Uh, so these are, uh, let's call these Prince-adjacent people. Okay. Uh, first one is the um, much-acclaimed, <laughs> I'll say that with uh, tongue-in-cheek, uh, Sheila E. Sheila E. When's the last time anybody saw Sheila E.? I think in the 90s. Yeah. No, I actually just saw something in the but yeah, Sheila E. It's Michelle. God damn it. I'm having all I'm sorts here. of issues. All right. Um, I'll, I've got a number. Everybody got a number? Hello. Wait, you're like everything totally broke up. All right. We're doing net worth on Sheila E. That's correct. Oh, Sheila E. Net worth. I have a number. I have a number. I would, you know, what do you think Sheila E. did for the snare drum industry? He bumped that up a little bit. <laughs> no question. What? <laughs> Sheila was a drummer for the revolution. I love the the No, she wasn't. Yes, she was. No, she wasn't. Yes, yes, she, she was. was. Of she was. On her dinner she all day. She stood what? up and did a stand-up snare drum by herself. Yeah. That's true, the... but they had a regular drummer. No, but she was the she was in the revolution for a time. Maybe. Yeah, look it up, Typer. Yeah, I hear you belting on them keys, Shelly. <laughs> Do four or five incredible typos, then delete it, and then start <laughs> over again. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe as an offline extended feature for all our podcast <laughs> listeners, we can have Michelle explain her children and Islam uh, text <laughs> messages from today. Honestly, God, that was crazy. That was crazy. I that thought, was a, that was an autocorrect. I Tim thought you were Cook having and a stroke. The gang is trying to fuck me with these. Yeah, Cook and well, the, F- the FBI is. Don't, <laughs> don't be shocked if you get a little knock in the door. Seriously, I'm probably flagged. I didn't even write Islam. What was I trying to? I'm hey, gonna Joey, look, look at this. Somebody typed "children <laughs> and Islam." <laughs> get the truck. Uh, twist up, chapper. Right, let's get the Shwila E's numbers. Oh, Islam, at least there's tone, thing, child, and worthwhile. I was saying... <laughs> what were yeah, you trying to spit out Double there? down with the zip ties. Well, I almost called 911 because I thought you were having a stroke. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's not good. That's not good. Um, yeah, I was trying drunk. to. You were. B was saying that it. It's. I was making a point on uh, a little conversation we were having, saying that, you know, sports is stupid because it brings out the worst in people. And Brendan was saying, well, it's actually competition that brings out the. Yeah, it comes out the worst in people, not sports. And my point was, at least there's something worthwhile that comes out of the other competitions, whether it's politics or anything else. It's born out of the greater good or a passion. With sports, well, it's just a fucking game. So who cares? Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's where I, I would disagree with That's that. oversimplification. It's not just a fucking game. Yeah, it's not. It's more than that. It's a bunch of nonsense that that's grown men acting like imbeciles. But anyway, that's not what we're discussing today. <laughs> 
politics isn't a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, it's about much of it. The real world. People are not affected by the way of one team wins or another one loses, and a bunch of overpriced babies that can't even act like grown men. Well, I mean, I would argue I think, that Washington D.C. is at worse. If that's ridiculous, that is not even ridiculous. No, that, that is not even Wait, that, is, that isn't Michelle, even a stretch. Some of the language used by that hockey player this week is some of the language being used by the presidential frontrunner at this point. Well, I mean, oh my gosh, my head is melting right now. That is not. You guys are just. You're not. You're well, not able to follow the through line of a logic on this conversation. Of we can. Because it's flawed logic. You have to accept that ostensibly people enter into these endeavors because they're trying to achieve something greater yeah. than winning I, a game. I would say that, that, no, I would say that it's all about winning. Well, no. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It, it has nothing to do with the something greater they're trying to achieve is their own personal satisfaction and, and uh, wealth, often. That, no. no that's, that is without question the the norm. I think that's nonsense. It's ego-driven. I think that's absolutely nonsense. Sure. As my brother can tell you, most like people have shot. half brain. I think it's nonsense to think that people do this stuff initially for their own personal gain. I'm not saying that's not how it ends up, but these people can make a shitload more money doing something else than going to work for Speaker Manigan's office, believe me. And I'm sure my brother can attest to that. Well, they're all, everybody's looking for an end game out of it. It has nothing to do with what they go into it for. They go you into it. You don't with the J.P. Morgan. No, but. They go into it thinking that there's a long play, right? No, they go into it because they have some get, true reason. I can get paid off. Rob, you there? Yeah. All right. Sheila E., I have a number. Damn it. Can we just commiserate about the technical difficulties? Let's get on with this and end this fucking show. (laughs) (laughs) O'Neal hates this so much. Sheila E., I have 10 million. Next. I had 8 million. Oh, no. Michelle? Rob, no change in your number. 22. Oh, my God. No, I say 6.5. 6.5. I think Rob changed his number. You don't have anything in the, in the hundredths place on that? No. <laughs> Sheila E. Get a number on the Sheila E. Let's see. Sheila. Sheila E. An American drummer and percussionist with a net worth of $12 million. Damn it, O'Neal! Woo! That just, O'Neal, you, that just you, proves this is the greatest country on earth. It is really. I mean, if that's what we are, we all want to love. By the way, she's not in the revolution. I'm looking. Oh, at Jesus! I thought she was. I could have sworn she was. Okay. Uh, Next up for bit. Prince-related <laughs> person. <laughs> oh my God! We're gonna cut this so short. Uh, <laughs> Morris Day. Morris oh, Day. I love Morris. And the time. $6.5. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Man, I would say a ten ride bus ticket on the Minneapolis uh, transit system. Wait, let's let's see what this asshole has done. <laughs> He's done a lot, but not that much. Seventies and eighties, nineties, whatever. Vanity, oh vanity. I, I will know. say, uh, America, have you heard? You're doing a new dance. It's called oh, Murder. That, what, what what was Morris Morris Day's? Uh... I... Hallelujah. I absolutely love that song. To this that biggest, is a great song. Was what, oh, we, oh, that we, was oh. it, dude. That was his biggest hit. Jungle Love it's and the bird. bird. Jungle Love and the Bird. Yep. One or the other. They're probably neck and neck. Yeah, they were the same. But the bird, man, if I hear that song, I'm rocking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shelly's got that ass shaking. Jerome. Uh, Jesse. Oh now Jerome. Jerome. <laughs> uh, who's got a number on Morris? Anyone got a Jungle thought? Jungle Love or the Bird? What do you think? I, I'm, a, I'm a bird guy, but I can see where Jungle Love would... Uh, uh, I can see how Jungle Love might be the more popular of the two, but the bird will always be my... Anybody have a... Uh, I have a number. A number. Well, Sheila was at what? 12. Uh, he's got to be at... Uh... Fourteen. Oh no. Michelle? Uh one million. Whoa. Ow. Wow. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> what doing this new thing? It's called the bird. Mike Cross, your number. Uh I'm gonna say four million. Mr. Nash. He's, uh, he's no, I, I went high. I went high at fourteen, which I think is foolish now. But yeah, uh, eight point six for O'Neill. Wow! Wow! Let's see. Now that's ridiculous. Eight point six. Yeah. Oh, that's your guess, hun. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said that was the answer. No. Okay. Jack Morris has a net worth of ten million. What? Here's a question for you. Wait a minute. Jack Morris. Does Jack Morris Wait, of the what? Detroit Tigers Oops. have more value? Wrong one. Everyone slow down. <laughs> Hit the wrong I'm thing. I'm like, Jack Morris? <laughs> I'm like, you mean the Detroit Tigers? Yeah, that's who it was. <laughs> and he's only worth $10 million? He was a, All right. He was a, Let's uh, reset that. Okay. Morris Day. Woo. Has a net worth of three million. Yeah. Mike Cross is closest with Michelle All right. right behind. Tied 1-1. One, one. O'Neill's actually got a point on the board. I like it. Jack Morris. God <laughs> damn it. Jack Morris. Jack Morris. He's an old tiger hurler, Rob. <laughs> All right. Uh, because of the famous uh, Prince skit from the Chappelle show, uh, Charlie Murphy. Oh, Charlie. Not Eddie, but Charlie. Charlie is one funny motherfucker. You know, I so... On your recommendation, I, I re-watched uh, Shirts versus Blouses. Shirts versus Blouses. It's wonderful. It's, it, it really is great. It, it really it does two things. It, it, one, it, um, it highlights how you don't have to be a star to be really funny, which is Charlie Murphy, right. you know, anch- anchoring that entire, um, you know, running, yeah, 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 running sketch on Ch- Chappelle, which was Charlie Murphy. tell a story, design. man. 
Hollywood stories. Yeah. So I mean, when you think about Chappelle, you're like, oh my god, everyone loves Rick James and 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 even and even Prince. Those were both Charlie Murphy's stories. Right. Yeah. 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 So imagine actually being there with Charlie Murphy. Like. Uh, oh, I know. Oh, it'd be crazy. The the one thing that I'll never forget from those whole sets of sketches were um, was Charlie Murphy talking about how um, he and Rick James would get. And I'm I'm doing the air quotes right now. Mad niggerish. <laughs> I was just like, I don't, mental... I, don't I don't think the air quotes. Uh... Do they come yeah. through? No, they, they through? might they might not be enough. I don't know if that's appropriate. Well, you're just gonna have to take me up face value here that I was doing the air quotes because uh, I I just remember hearing that and thinking, what the fuck does that mean? Because you know that's just not particularly a world that I'm aware of. Um, really? <laughs> oddly. I don't watch the NBA. I don't, you know. It, it uh, ain't white boy day. No, it definitely ain't. But uh, Charlie Murphy always makes me giggle when I see him. How's that? Oh, my God. <laughs> you need to... Yeah. Editing that out. We apologize. we apologize for the technical difficulties. Technical glitch. All right. Is, I mean, a bit... I have you a number. You can't put that on let's, the air. Let's get... Oh, we're putting it on the air. Oh, yeah, that'll go. It's uh, Let's get a n- number for Charlie Murphy. That'll go. <laughs> I'm going to say $3 million. I'm going to say $2.75 million. Oh, my God. $5 million. 2.75, Rob? Yeah. I said 2.1. Hmm. Oh, my God. I don't like when we're so close. We're all jammed up in that two to three zone. I know. Charlie Murphy. Ooh. No one nailed it, but someone's close. Me. Has an estimated net worth of 2.5 million. Mm. You're welcome. You're welcome. Damn. Damn, that's good. I'm close. Rick James, bitch. Rick James. All right, the other half of that skit. I give those titties two thumbs down. (laughs) 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 I love that. Uh, Dave Chappelle. Let's get a net worth on Mr. Chappelle. Well, we know he turned down $50 million for continue doing the Chappelle show. He hasn't quite been the same guy. He didn't make that $50 million. Hmm. Dave Chappelle is worth $38 million. Wait, slow down. All right. Mike and Michelle, or, uh, do you guys have numbers? I'm going to say $12 million. Um, Seven. Oh, I've got 22. Oh, Rob? $38 million. 38, yeah. 38, okay. Once you say it, it's carved in stone okay Mr. Chappelle has a net worth of 16 million dollars damn Mr. Cross damn hey uh, producer Brendan two for Cross yeah let's do a let's do a discussion on uh, the comedy scene in Chicago New York and LA uh okay 
<laughs> Thanks for the random interjection. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that came out of left field. Rob Have you been killer. celebrating the Ariadna no-hitter a little bit extra tonight, Rob? I'm sorry. I was drinking something. I didn't hear you. <laughs> Let's discuss agrarianism in the 1700s. Dick. All right, the last one. Prince. Oh, my God. I got a number. And no, Michelle, this is not Prince Jackson. Yes. You know. That was the most upsetting thing, I have to tell you. So I find out I'm in the grocery store this morning when I find out that Prince has passed. And I'm just shocked. And I'm standing next to the bagger boy. I don't know what you call him. And I said, oh, my God, Prince died. And he looks at me and said, Jackson? Prince Jackson? I was like, no, Prince, Prince. You know, Purple Rain, Prince. And he had no clue what I was talking about. None. I love it. This sounds like an old Bob Green story of when he would go to the church. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You Oh, Bob Green? Jesus, are you 92 years old? Yeah, you guys are... He probably doesn't even know Bob Green is. Uh, You've had hints of Bob Green all night. Yeah, we have had a taste of it. Whether we're talking... Oh, my God, Bob Green. I want to puke in my mouth right now. Prince Jackson, you mean blanket? Blanket. Yes, exactly. I know. Blanket. Do you know who Bob Green is? No. Oh, Jesus. I knew it. I thought he might have a chance just writer to writer, but no. Yeah, I would have thought writer to writer you would have got it. No, you don't need to know. It was a waste This will all be edited out, but what was the scandal that brought him down? He had an intern. No, he was boning a girl who was like a subject for a column. You know, like he brought her in to interview her for a column he was writing. Oh, I know Bob Green. I mean, that, oh, the. Yeah, the Michael Jordan trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh God, his columns were just like dripping with douche. Oh, they were terrible. But he was beloved, much like uh, I love the word beloved. Woody Allen. How's, no, how's about you, darling? <laughs> what the hell was his name? How's about you, darling? WGN. Spike O'Dell. No. Oh, Uncle Bobby. Oh, no, Uncle yeah. Bobby Collins. Bobby Collins. How's about you, darling? I think this says a little bit more about Michelle's anger toward our father than. And... Wow. No, it doesn't. Well, that's a completely different podcast. <laughs> She's just attacking everything that he liked. Oh, I love Uncle Bobby. Uncle Bobby. <laughs> and the Tribune. Uh... I love how the Tribune has gone from unquestioned uh, resource to. Complete um, storm. Yeah. You know, ridiculed. Good stuff. That's the state of my industry. Thank All right, God. The purple one. And, and actually, my question being that he has no descendants. Who gets all of this cash? Well, none that we know of. He's giving it all to the Jehovah's Witnesses, I'm sure. Good enough. Yeah, I mean, I got to say that I know a little bit, but I was caught flat-footed on the Jehovah's part. I didn't realize that had been part of his late that was life. A, that was a big part of his persona in the early 90s when he he released the Black Album, and immediately after releasing the Black Album, he decided to turn into a, turn to Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, but was that part of the weird Funkadelic with his, you know... I read uh, that was a bad ecstasy trip, though. 
Yeah, but did he like deny the name? So I understand the. <laughs> <laughs> This, this is the podcast of speculation and conjecture. Seriously, oh my God. Well, what? I heard I one time. I understand the <laughs> one time at band. We're camp. not fucking fact checking this shit. God damn it! If only we had something in front of us that could give us information. Yeah, give us information on how this. Goes. I understand that the the bad contract that he signed with Warner Brothers was the impetus for the name change and everything else. That was. Yeah, that so was. he wanted to damage them and prevent them from using his name to promote the albums. But then he came back, and, you know, obviously when he, the day he was, you know, expired on the contract, he took his name back. Not so, okay. He waited a couple of years. No, I thought it was pretty close to the, No, it was like two years before he went back to being friends. Okay, well, the point being that it was, uh, it was associated with the uh, contract. It was, very much so, but... But where, so where did the Jehovah's part come in? He just, you know, he released the Black Album in the late 80s. It was after Sound, Sign of the Times. Might have even been early 90s. And yeah, but eman- so Emancipation was the album that was first when he was free from the contract? Yes, but that was more like mid-90s, I think. Yeah, no, it was. 96, I think. But, but yeah, that that whole Jehovah's Witness thing... I don't know what was the impetus for him going to the Jehovah Witness lifestyle, but he had released a Black Album, and literally right after he released it, he switched to Jehovah's Witness, and he made them recall all those albums. So there were only like 500,000 of those albums in print, or as Michelle calls them, records. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Grandma Nash over there. (laughs) Granny Riley. Michelle's like... Just, sorry, I'm just lining up my tea bags for their second use. They're not Where's my hearing there. horn? Oh, shut it down, you big... <laughs> All right, assholes. Prince, give me a number. I got a number. I got a number. I'll, I'll give you my number because I have no idea. This is where I take a huge swing and I whiff. Uh, 117. Oh, man. I'm way high then. Yeah, no, I'm. It, it's higher. Than I that. know. I think I'm. I'm, I'm I was going to say lot. 350 million. <laughs> I, I think it's uh, 265 million. Maybe, maybe, maybe a little less, but 265. <laughs> I had 280. Yep, I'm sure I missed the big swing. All right, Prince's net worth is. Ooh. Damn it. Uh, he was an American singer, songwriter, musician, and actor yeah. with a net worth of $300 million. Yes, crosswinds. Uh, crosswinds, three to one to one. Asshole. God, I'm so good at this game. Damn it. You guys all suck. I'm... Much more pleased with my performance than usual. I just want to know who gets all this cash now. I know. That's kind of like... During his career, Prince sold more than 100 million albums worldwide. Wow. And how many songs did he write that you don't even know about? Yeah. Because he had like 14 pen names. 300, that's a big number. Holy hell. Paisley Park, baby. 
Yeah, have you seen the you know the shots of that today? Like he lived like in a mall, like in pretty a much mall of America. Yeah. So just he had so, all of his, pro, you know, his yeah studio. He had like a movie studio. He had everything. I, I picture it as just drums. He had different drums. It's all kinds of drum sets. <laughs> Paisley Park. Someone so did post the um, close to three hundred million now. Just think of how much his estate is going to spike now that he's died. Oh my god! It'll go. It'll go up probably another hundred million in the next year. That's what happened to Michael Jackson. That'll pay for the lawyers. Yeah. When all the extended relatives come out of the woodwork. Fighting for the money. Yeah, fighting for the cash. Well, he has no children. They just said, I'm just looking it up now. He has no parents. He's been married and divorced at least twice that we know of. So that would leave a string of uh, half brothers and sisters to whom he was not very close as his next of kin. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they're going to come and say that they were close now. What if we find out that he's left it to, like, you know, some amazing nonprofit? Well, he probably left it to the Jehovah's Witnesses. I doubt he would leave it all to that. I could see him leaving. Well, not all, but I bet you he left it all to like one secret lover he had in in Minneapolis. I want to be your lover. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you gave me my shot. I took it. Purple Paisley Foundation. Mm. All right, let's end this shenanigans. The Blackhawks are on. All right. All right, let's wrap subpar, it up. Subpar show. I'm disappointed. Subpar. We fought technical issues. We fought mental issues. Wait, one last for anyone that wants to hang on. Okay. Can we talk about the video of uh, Nick Cage trying to restrain Vince Neil? I tried. <laughs> I try to prepare for the show as directed, and it was uh, interesting. Well, no detail it, asshole. Let's go. If you, if you want to do this, let's do this. Well, it's 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 unclear what happened, but apparently, um, a, 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 an aggressive fan, or at least an interested fan, came up to Nick Cage and was seeking his autograph and kind of um, in his face a little bit, and Nick. Uh, was fine with it, but uh, Vince tried to swoop in and maybe uh, curtail the fans' wishes and allegedly pulled her hair down um, and pulled her down to the ground. And then Nick kind of called him out and a fight ensued and they were out front and TMZ, of course, had the uh, video. But there's this weird end of the video where Nick is like kissing Vince to calm him down and like hugging him. <laughs> it, 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 it's kind of a nice little like, uh, of course, like when you see it, you're like, that's weird. And then when you look back at it, you're like, there's a super fat Vince Neil and a Nick Cage hugging. Of course, they would kiss at some point. I don't even know where this is going. <laughs> Oh my god! You gotta see this video. I tell you, I've really got it on the screen right now. Can you guys see it? I know. Let's let's. You know what? Let's. Uh, I want to. I want to review this and get more background and detail. No, watch the kissing though. It's, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> oh yeah, really it's weird. Oh my god! You're right. This is awesome. There's this weird like let me soothe you with a kiss. And it's 
like, what are you doing? It, it's very weird. It's very weird. Yeah. It's like <clears throat> he's just trying to do the dude, maintain, chill. <laughs> yeah. They're both hammered. It's it's the middle of the day. <laughs> it might be morning. They're so yeah, it's drunk. very light out. It's very light out. I've had that interaction with Rob Nash before <laughs> outside of a Vegas casino, I'm sure. We've all had that drunk interaction at one point. <laughs> it's just mo- amazing. Most this of us amazing. Most of us who have done that did that in our early twenties or even late teens. Not in our those teens. guys are fucking fifty years old. Yeah, yeah Vin- Vince though is uh, Vince is a hot mess, man. He looks like <laughs> shit. Nick Cage is dressed exactly the way you would imagine Nick Cage. Totally, he looks like he's leaving Las Vegas. Style. No, he. He looks like he took wardrobe from leaving Las Vegas, yeah. and he looks, you know, fine as far as Nick Cage goes. But uh, his wig looks good. Someone needs to dub "I Just Can't Quit You" over that part where they're like really <laughs> oh, close together. God. He's like he's like angrily hugging him and mad, but then he like occasionally kisses him on the bridge of his nose. It's hot, Vince. I'm wearing an electric blue suit. Let's go. Let's get out of here. Speaking of getting out of here. Yeah, let's get out of here. Michael, I would be remiss if I didn't give you the opportunity to congratulate uh, Jake Arrieta on a no-hitter. It was quite It was quite a uh, performance, apparently. I didn't see any of it, but it sounded like it was good. Well, there were no hits, so. I, you know, I'm, I'm more comfortable with perfect games, so it's oh, nice. That. It's cute. <laughs> uh, Southside, we throw perfect games. Okay. We've had two in the last ten years. We've had two no-hitters in the last two years, but we'll be okay. This Ever is officially the problem. podcast that would never end. It really is. And, I, and I'm out of here. Oh, my God. There's yeah, okay. There's a transcript online of the 911 call. <laughs> I can't. Let's revisit that next week, guys. Let's regroup and, and Bye, Brendan. I give a better you. effort next week. Love you guys. Blackhawks up three to one. All right, shut up. <laughs> Thanks for running, Rob. Bye, me. <laughs> Please follow us on Twitter at Irish Podcast. Don't lie. Where's your living here? Take a look.